Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. times in our churches I'm glad that we don't have dry eyes but it's also a sad thing when we have dry altars I think we need to utilize these more than we do and I hope COVID hasn't robbed us of our altars because there was a day where God's people would pile into the altars but now we don't move and we're not stirred when I call for an altar of prayer, just a couple come. If we Back a couple of years ago, we did the renovation. We made sure we put an altar in. Not just a place at the front, but put a place for us to kneel and to pray. Let's not forsake the altars. If you study the Old Testament, I know we just a lot of us probably not too long ago just came through Genesis. You know, I mean, when we started the year and all of that, do you know something that Abraham did everywhere he went? You study your Bible. Every city he went into, he built an altar. Isaac continued that. He, would, he was an altar builder. Everywhere these men went, they built an altar. And so many times we in churches very seldom ever use an altar. And 
I've always been, and I don't know, again, I, I know what I know, and I don't know what has been the policy of this church in the past or of your experience, but in my home church, we didn't let anybody pray alone. We let them know that there's somebody there praying for them. One of the loneliest places to be is at an altar doing business with God, and you just, you can feel the eyes of everybody in the room watching I don't want people to be that way. When they feel a hand, it doesn't matter who it is. They know I'm not in this by myself. I'm not alone. I have a preacher friend in Landrum that when somebody goes to the altar, he has it in his entire congregation on stand. While at the whole time, somebody's in an altar. And the idea is this. We want them to be able to turn around and see that we're standing with them. With whatever the need is, we're standing with them. And I'm not going to necessarily implement that, but I will say I want us to do a good bit better of a job of making sure that we utilize these altars. And I understand there's sometimes you want to pray by yourself. But I think a lot of times praying by yourself, that's really good to do at home. When you come into the house of God, you come into the house of God with your family to worship God as a church family. I think we need to pick up our wives and our children more and find our place in an altar. We need to go to our sister, our brother in Christ, and link up with them and say, I'm praying for you. When was the last time you knelt down next to somebody and say, is there anything I can join you in praying? That's not just for salvation time. It's not just when you're trying, when you think somebody might need to be led to the Lord. Why did you come? We can do more of that than we do. I want our church, I've always said, I want our church to be a church that majors on preaching, and that's true. But I want us to be a praying church, not just a preaching church, but a praying church and a praising church. I want us to have church services that are a lot less quiet, because this is the quietest world we will ever live in come in the house of God when I'm preaching, you don't have to wait till I get up pause to say amen. Y'all know by now those are going to be few and far between when I'm preaching. I got a lot to say and a little time to say it. But I'm going to try to fill it all I can. I ain't got time to take breaths. But I, I, want, I want us to be active in worship. You won't find anybody in the Bible that is spoken of in a positive way for being apathetic in their worship. We don't come in here to be spectators. I, if y'all came in here for me to put on a show, you're sadly mistaken. It'll be the worst show you've seen all week. That's why they have televisions, is for you to be entertained. That's why Carowinds exist and Six Flags exist. Church isn't supposed to be entertaining. It's supposed to be spiritual. It's supposed to be us meeting with God. So let's make sure we do that. While at the same time, while I want us to be a preaching church, a praying church, and a praising church, all at the same time, I don't want us to be a hypocritical church. I don't want you to do things that are fake, but I want us to do it in a realness of the Spirit. I haven't ever mentioned that before, but I felt led to do that tonight. Everybody minded the Lord. has been pulling us to be people of prayer. So many people in this room have so much they need prayer for. Again, we can have too much preaching. We can have too much singing. We can have too much of everything, but we cannot have too much praying. God wants us to have a prayer service. Let's have one. Let's stand with God and let's stand with God's people. I know it's become cliche in our day, but the, the biggest way you'll ever stand, the tallest you'll ever stand, is when you stand for God on your knees. Honey, you sing. Let's pray. If you need to mind God, these altars are open. If you need to pray, you need to get with somebody. 
might be somebody you need to ask forgiveness for. There might be somebody you just need to let them know that you love them and appreciate them. Whatever the case may be, let's mind the Lord tonight. That's just been the story of his life, beating the odds and not wanting to wait on what they say, but just charting his own path and not necessarily, not like rebellion, but just, just, just a miracle and how God has healed him. And yeah. Amen. I told everybody on Wednesday night, I believe it was, that I think Miss Valerie had sent Tori a text and said that one of the nurses said that it's like somebody gave him the rule book on how to get out of the hospital quickest. And it seems like that's what he's done all along. Even as a little infant, he's just trying to get out of there, <laughs> trying to go home with mom and dad and family. Hey, Amen. Anybody else? Yes, sir, Brother Kyle. I think there's more than plenty I could brag on about. You know, the Bible talks about 2 Corinthians chapter 1. talks about that God lets you and I go through things, <clears throat> go through certain trials and issues so that we can help those and be a comfort to those that are in any affliction. And uh, I didn't make anything public about it. They, it's the first time they've made it public. They didn't want anything made public about it, but Kyle did come to me and ask me to pray. <clears throat> and I was able to share with him a story that we had. And, uh, and I know it's, it's probably something that I'm sure Miss Wendy and others that are in the medical field probably say it's pretty common. When you go to a doctor for your uh, for your baby, especially a first one, 
and they say, we are not sure, and of course they've got to be completely honest, not trying to hide anything. They say, we're not sure, but we see something going on in their heart. We had something, we had the very same thing y'all went through happen with Wyatt. Ended up just being a calcium deposit on his heart that showed up on the scan and disappeared. But I was able to, I remember the Kyle telling me that, and I had complete confidence that God was going to do the miraculous because God had done it for us. I don't think anybody in here would say that there's anything physically wrong with that one other than except the fact he's just heavy, I guess. Amen. Uh, but God's so good. You hear, though, you, you know, you, you enter moments in life where you go through things that absolutely shake your world and you know as a Christian it's good to know that when our world is shaken his world has not even begun to shake the things that disturb us don't bother him at all the things the times where we are like the psalmist that said that that he had a that he his his bed was full of tears and his couch he was able to swim in for the tears. I've been there a time or two in my life, and I'm sure you have too, where you can't do anything but cry and stay up all night worried about stuff. But can I remind you, we have a God that doesn't sleep or slumber, and he's not awake because he's worried about a thing. He never sleeps nor slumbers. He doesn't go to sleep because he's God. And we have the biblical promise that it, it is the Lord that gives his beloved sleep. And we can pillow our head tonight knowing that we have a God that is able to do the miraculous and then some. If he's able to take our souls, able to take who we are, make us new creatures in Christ, able to save us by his grace, there's, no, there's nothing that he cannot do. I quote it in praying all the time. I see that hand, brother. I quote it all the time in praying. I just remind, not that he needs reminding, but I do, I do believe the Lord likes it when we quote his word back to him in prayer. Just reminded him what he said. And I tell the Lord all the time, Lord, you said that there's nothing impossible with you and that there is nothing too hard for the Lord. In church, there's been many times in my life where I've, I've had to take the Lord at his word and claim those promises. And saying, God, you promised that nothing is too hard for you. And this is too hard for me. But nothing is too hard for you. I'm thankful we've got the Bible that tells us of that. Brother Norman, did you have something? Amen. Hallelujah to God. Zach was going through, and Zach was going through his open heart surgery through, through, through the baby. Yeah. I had the verse, and I, and I prayed almost every day leading up to his actual surgery. Okay. Joshua 1 9. Yeah. Have not I commanded thee? Now, being a military man, I took orders. Yeah. Haven't I commanded thee? Yes, sir. Yeah, sure be yeah. strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whither so ever thou goest. Amen. Amen. The product. Yeah, amen. Amen. Hey, what a wonderful product he is. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for that verse. Anybody else tonight? Yes, sir, Bo Tommy. I know you've got some things you could brag on the Lord about. <laughs> Well, I thank God for Jesus. Amen. I thank God for this church. Amen. I thank the Lord for you. Amen. And um, it's really a, a small thing, but a lot of times we wonder who's going to sing a special, you know, music. And, well, we could sing. Or, but every time I ask you to sing, sister, you never put up a fuss or a fight. You're always so sweet and kind about it. Yeah. It seems like. 
the Lord just blessed us when you sang. Amen. And I was looking at our young people saying during revival meeting. Oh, yes. Kids, they want you to sit there saying it. Mm -hmm. And you raised your hand. That touched Sure. Amen. That, that helped me. And I was thanking God for these young people yes, sure. that are willing to get up and serve the Lord. Thank God for that. Amen. And I just thank the Lord for the people of this church Amen. who will come around when somebody needs prayer. I'm telling you, when I went through cancer years ago, I was thankful to have a church home. Sure. Brother, I'm thankful that we're on the other side of that heart surgery. Amen. I'm thankful that God was good to you. Sure. You Amen. Ask him to help and, and heal and work in that situation. He did it. And we serve a great God. Amen. We can't brag on him enough. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else tonight? Yes, ma'am. Amen. Praise the Lord for saving Ashley. Amen. And Lil Wyatt here. They have the same spiritual birthday. Amen. Praise the Lord. Still in the saving business. Yes, sir, preacher. Preacher, one thing that's really blessed my heart.
church tonight that's just thankful that you go to a place to where you can have a night like tonight. Let me tell you something. My boy got saved on Sunday. Got baptized today. This is all he's ever known. I would love to be able to say that about all of our young people. If you went into the average church, and I'd hate to even say the average Baptist church, and I'm not saying that we're much better than average. Every church has got their problems. Where there's people, there's problems. Everybody's got it. Amen. Where there's preachers, there's problems. Amen. And uh, we've all we've all got our issues, and there's always areas to grow, and there's always more to be done for God's kingdom. But I don't want little Silas that's coming. I don't want him to know anything about dead church or dead religion. I want him to know Holy Ghost Church. You say, preacher, I haven't got in on any of this. It might be because you're not plugged into the Spirit of God. Very important word in your Christian life is the word discernment. This afternoon, I have about two different series that I'm in and about 10 other messages I could preach. And I brought one of them with me, but it's not, I just, I didn't have any strong pull in one way or the other. The stuff I've been preaching, I just knew wasn't for tonight. You say, preacher, what's, what, what is that? I believe it's the Spirit of God making sure we head in the right direction. I don't know what to say. I hope you and your family know the very moment when God comes on the scene. You can tell a difference. There's a stillness in the air right now that I don't know what the Lord's doing in your heart. 
I just, I, I could share some thoughts on a passage, but I don't think that's what the Lord wants tonight. singing, we're going to have preaching, I've got 
all of those things planned, but I've also learned that everything turns out better. I believe it's good to have a plan, but it's good to be really easy to junk them if God wants to get in and do what he wants to do. Now let me say this, these, I want to remind us that just because these are more becoming a little bit more frequent, I do believe God's trying to get our attention and let us know there is a deeper Christian life that he wants us all to have. There is a deeper experience with our church body that he wants us to have. There's a deeper level that he wants the church to mean in our life. But at the same time, let me remind you that just because these services are coming around, it does not mean that just because the service didn't have preaching and had prayer around the altar, and I, I enjoy walking up and down the platform and seeing puddles of tears. That's a blessing. But it doesn't take a service like this for God to be moving. God to be blessing and God to be speaking. I think it takes a lot of times a service like this for us to really pay attention to what God's doing. But I'd say this, this morning God moved. We talk about it all the time. Well, God moved this morning. The preacher didn't even get to preach. What about the times where God does move on the preaching? I don't know how it felt out, out there, but up here, me and God were having a time. I know God was moving in my heart this morning. I had a burden on my heart from the Lord, and the Lord helped me get at least part of it off this morning. All that was necessary anyway. But just because we have a service like this doesn't mean, well, every once in a while when we have one of these, God's moving. God will move Wednesday night if we want Him to. My pastor used to say this. He used to, and I've said it here. I think y'all have seen in Revival, I get a lot of my sayings from him. But he used to say, if you come in that door expecting something, you'll get something. But if you come in the doors expecting nothing, you'll get that too. Say, preacher, I, I'm, I'm about ready to leave the church. I just come in and God's never doing anything for me. Could be because you came in not expecting him to do anything. If we have a God that never fails, and we have a God that can do anything, and we have a God that is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If we have a God that wants us to walk with Him uh, as closely as Adam did in the garden, and Enoch did that took him to heaven, and Noah did in the days of his life. If God wants us to walk with Him, if God wants us to have a close relationship with Him, if God wants us to have a good relationship with the Word of God, and communion with him in prayer. If God has said in his Bible, that's what he wants. Why do we not have it? It's because we don't expect it. We don't want it. If you want God to do something for you, we could come in on Wednesday night and I could preach something just as humdrum and dry. Hope not, but I could. Preachers, we have duds every once in a while. Amen. Sunday school teachers do too, right, Brother Tommy? I've never heard one, but I'm sure it works for you too. It works for me. And those things will happen. And the same God that is able to work all things together for good to those that love Him and the called according to the purpose, to His purpose, can even take a, what most people would look at as a, just a nothing message and do a mighty work with it. I think the chief example several hundred years ago was Jonathan Edwards. Massachusetts had already preached the sermon once and it just crickets could be heard in the church. Nobody moved. Nobody was stirred. And he preached the message, sinners in the hands of an angry God, to his church. And nobody moved. The second time he preached it, he was preaching it outside of his church. And from some accounts, he had a monotone voice, and some even say that he had his back to the congregation reading the manuscript of his sermon. 
and there was weeping and wailing and people hanging on to the pillars inside of the church fearful when he read out of Psalm 78 where it said thou didst set them in slippery places they were afraid that God had put their feet on a slippery place and they were going to slide off into hell in church monotone voice just reading and I don't know if you've ever taken the time like I have to read that sermon God used it and I'm not being disrespectful there's nothing greatly moving about it it's right but at the same time there was no pomp and circumstance there was no great poetry that just brought the truth home but what the difference was is that the Spirit of God touched it and there was people that needed something and there was people that wanted something you've ever read any of the, spur the, the sermons of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, many of them were not complex, not deep, not shouty, just basic Bible truth. But if you asked Dr. Spurgeon what made the difference in the Metropolitan Tabernacle in London, he'd tell you this, it's because my people pray for me had a place underneath the church to where there would be dozens of men that would gather as he was preaching and they'd gather in prayer for him. God use our preacher. God use Brother Spurgeon. Fill him with God. Fill him with the Holy Ghost and help him and do what he can do. If we want something moved in Spurgeon's ministry because those prayer partners were expecting something, Brother Tommy. They were expecting God to do something. And God did. If we want to see God do something in this church, we've got to expect it. Church, and I'm not trying to be critical, but long gone needs to be the days of saying we're just a small church and we can't have anything and we can't do anything. We'll never be like this church. We'll never be like that church. We'll never have this and we'll never have that. As long as we say that, we never will. As your pastor, I have never said anything about what this church cannot have. If we expect it, one day God may, might make this the biggest church in town. And I don't care how, how, how the size is, I wonder how many churches in this area even has God been doing what he's been doing in our church in these days in recently. I'm not ashamed of where I go to church. I'm not ashamed of the church I pastor. I'm not ashamed of the people that God's called me to lead. I never apologize for being a small church. apologize for not having what everybody else has. We have what God wants us to have. And if we would truly get on board with what God wants for us, He'd give us more. We've got to be faithful with what God's given us. God will never give us more until we're faithful with what we have. That's what Jesus said. I'm going to give if if you're only responsible for little, you'll never have much. Got to expect big things, and God will do big things. Psalmist said, "Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it." You can never pray big enough. You can never pray with enough vision where God can't fill it. Let's make sure that we come into church Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Revival meetings like this week, anytime we come in and expect God to do the impossible. Because nothing's impossible with God. How can you expect the impossible? You get God on the scene. And you can truly expect the impossible. Let's expect God to do big things. In our lives, in our church, through our lives, in the lives of others. If the apostles are able to turn the world upside down from where they were ministering just a handful of people without even a completed Bible, but they had a really big God, 
What could we do in Lexington? What could we do in the state of South Carolina if we let God truly work through us? Hope you mind in the Lord tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, come into your presence, Lord. So thankful for a really big God. That we don't have to doubt. A God that we don't have to wonder if He's going to come through. A God that we don't have to have any question as to whether or not you're big enough to handle what we're dealing with. That we have a God that we can truly expect possible to expect big things, pray for big things, have big vision and never have to doubt or be ashamed of what you can do. Thank you, Lord, for tonight. Thank you, Lord, for those that have come tonight. Lord, I hate that there's so many that have had things that have kept them away from tonight and As a pastor here, there are several that I believe it's your will to be here, that this is their church and this is a real church. They've chosen to walk away. I pray that you'd help them, strengthen them, draw them to a place where they'll realize that you're a big God, but you're also a holy God and a righteous God, and we are accountable to you for what you want for our lives. So much I could say, and we could pray for as a congregation. There's so much that I want to see here for your glory. There's so many families, even in this room, that I've prayed for that I'd love to see more for. I'd want to see them expect themselves to do great things for God. Help none of us doubt your abilities. Help none of us doubt what you're able to do. And may we all be obedient to your will for our lives. It's been said several times tonight, Lord. Thank you for salvation. Lord, we're so thankful that we realize that if we mess up from here to the day we die, Jesus did not mess up when he died for us on Calvary. And because he was faithful and because of what he did, Lord God, you will take care of us throughout our lives. I don't want to go to heaven without fruit, without a life of faithfulness, without a life of trusting you. Lord, I want to live a life that you've anointed and touched and blessed. Help us all to want that and to see that come to pass in our everyday lives. Bless this church. Lord, I love to see the church as it grows, numerically is exciting. Lord, I believe we've seen some spiritual growth in these days, and I pray that you'd keep it going. Lord, I pray you'd touch us spiritually, you touch us numerically, you would touch us in our unity, one with another. Lord, this church wouldn't be about one family, or this person, or that person, or this personality or that one that we would not have a divided church as so many churches in existence today are divided by so many different things may we be not this one or that one or this or whatever Lord as so, so many names people put on things but may we be one unified church body 
May we be Beacon Baptist Church. May we be the children of the Most High God. May we be the servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. May we be disciples of Jesus Christ. May we be a family of God in a local New Testament church where we worship you in here and serve you in here and serve you outside of here. Have your will and way. Lord God, bless each and every one. If there's one lost, save them. For one backslid, may they get right. If the saints of God have any other needs that maybe somehow was not brought forward tonight, whatever the case may be, I trust and I pray that you would do a mighty work in their heart and may business pick up between them and you. May they receive what they stand in need of from your hand. God, touch the offering that will be received at the end of the service and touch the sweet fellowship that this church is supposed to have and that you allow us to have by the Spirit of God. Touch it, I pray. May the best days of this church be ahead of us. May the most faithful days of our lives be these ones ahead of us on this side of the rapture and on this side of the grave. Help us to stand true. Help us to stand faithful. Help us, Lord, to walk with you day by day and let you be the one in complete control. May you fill us with the Spirit, and by doing so, we let go of the reins of our life and let you completely, let you be completely in the driver's seat of our life. Take us wherever you want us. Help us to be content wherever you take us in this life. Whatever you want to do with us, I pray. Lord, again, we say thanks, and we bless your good name in Jesus' name. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com.